The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Isn't it a great day to, to be inside? Man, I love being outside, but I'm tired of the heat. Well, thank you so much for, for having me and in, in asking me to do this. Thank Pastor Jason and the staff for, for having me. It's a it's a privilege, it's an honor for me to do this. I love doing it, but I love preaching here. I love getting to share at Harvest, our church, our home. Amen? Um, we've been speaking on family for, uh, for quite a few weeks now. And for LaDon and I, um, my wife LaDon, ladies, sign up for Encounter. Go to Encounter. Um, you'll get to to know LaDon. Um, she's amazing. She's awesome. Um, but family is a, is pretty special to us. Um, family is a big part of our lives. We, we hold it dearly. And we love speaking into the lives of men and women. Um, and marriage for us is, is one of those key parts. A healthy family you know, the core of that being that marriage, that union, man and woman, um, just is something special. This year is 25 years for us, and and it's really been easy. If you've been married longer than, you know, five minutes, um, you know that that's a lot. Anyway, but we've had, during those hard times, a lot of people that have come alongside of us, couples that have come and spoken to our lives and helped us and given us tools and let us ask questions, our stupid questions, and answer them anyway. And, you know, so we do the same thing. And it's just, it's a part of, it's a part of who we are. We, we saw that, so we do it. Um, speaking of family, that the rest of our family, we have three sons. Our youngest is Jonah. He's out there. He's the one scratched down, trying to be hidden. We got Mateo, our middle son. Um, Andres, y'all know him as Nick. He's the bass player. Um, we call him Andres at home. And his girlfriend, Jen, is here with us this morning. Um, they're awesome. So blessed that God gave us those three guys because they're pretty cool. Amen. You know, in our home, we try to as often as we can eat together. And mainly that means dinner because everybody's off at school and, and work and everything else. And, you know, so we eat dinner together. And that's a time of we generally are going to talk about stuff. And sometimes it's serious. A lot of times it's goofy and funny and, and just, you know, we just get together. But if you come over to our house for dinner, you'll notice a couple things. Um, and it was recently pointed out, you know, some more things that that somebody noticed. We had some friends over, and and she was, you know, noticing some quirky things about us. But one thing you'll notice is with those three all being well over six foot, um, there's a lot of food, right? Come to our house, and there's a lot of food. The second thing is if you want something to eat, you better get it. Right, it's it's been provided, right? It's been bought, provided, prepared, and cooked by Ladon, an amazing cook. But if you want to eat, you better get some. And we see a story in the Old Testament um, where the Israelites—they've been in slavery for generations. They've been in slavery, 
and God sets them free, right? He, he takes them out of slavery, takes them out of bondage, and he leads them up to, you know, it's a barrier, it's a hurdle, you know, it's a line in the sand, it's the Jordan River, but on the other side is this land that has been promised. This land that he's provided for them, it's theirs. He's, he's done everything, it's been provided, but he says, you go and take possession of it, right? Essentially, he's saying, if you want it, go get it. And we pick that story up in Joshua, in Joshua 3. Joshua 3 in verse 3, and it says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you seek the Ark of the Covenant, the, of, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, and the Levites, bearing it, then you, you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Isn't it amazing that when you choose to follow God, when you choose to, to follow after Him, that even... Even our barriers are broken down. Amen? Well, let's pray. And I know we do a lot of praying around here. It's the culture of, of harvest. Um, you know, we believe in, in, in letting God in on our stuff. And praying is, is doing that. It's having a conversation with him, but it's, it's allowing him to come in. So as I pray, you know, pray this for yourself. We believe that God speaks. He speaks to us. And when we ask him to speak to us directly, I, I think it's as much for us as it is for him because it gets us ready, right? It gets us ready to hear, to listen, to, to hear that voice that we need. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today and this time together, Lord. We thank you that when we meet in your name, we know you're here. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to me, speak to every one of us, speak to us personally. Right, Give us something that will draw us closer to you. Lord, we thank you for that. And I just pray that you would guide and direct every part of this service. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can I ask a quick question? Um, who are my motorcycle people? You, you like motorcycles, right? Okay. Uh, who are my anti-motorcycle people? You don't like motorcycles. My wife raised her hand. Now I know who to avoid after service. And I'm guessing now it's her too. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm known as having a lot of projects going on, right? I have stuff going on. I love working with my hands, building, creating, modifying in the truck that I drive and the motorcycle that I ride, um, they fall victim to this all the time. My motorcycle, one of the projects I had going on at one point was I tore the front end off and I did all this work and I took this old, ugly, giant headlight off of the front that comes stock. I don't know why they put them on, but I, I got me an old school. It was a small headlight. It looked cool, you know, got it all mounted up, wired up, rode it the next day. 
went to work and back and went to work and back and over and over again. And, and one day I had to work late and I got out and it was dark and come out on the main street and it's well lit. Go down the road and I turn off on the, on the first kind of side road that's not well lit. <laughs> I'm going through the gears and I just feel this sensation that I'm going too fast. Like it's weird. And I look down at the speedometer and I normally don't do that. Um, and I'm not even going the speed limit. So I slow down and I get to the next next place where I'm jumping on a main road and it's well lit and I go through the gears and no big deal. And I reach our neighborhood and again, I'm going to turn off into some side street. It's not well lit. Same sensation, this weird sensation. I'm going too fast. And as I pull up to the to the garage, it dawns on me. My headlight... <laughs> instead of being pointed out way in front of me so I could see where I was going. <laughs> it looked cool, but it was pointed at the ground right in front of me, right? I was outrunning my light. I was, I was going faster than my light was shining, right? So why did Joshua tell the Israelites, do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go? He was telling them, don't outrun your light, right? Don't get too far out in front. Don't go too fast, right? Don't outrun your light. John eight twelve gives us a little picture of something from Jesus. It says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. All right? Joshua was saying, look, Here's the Jordan. That's the promised land. You go and take possession of it. How? Follow God. Jesus says if we follow God, we won't walk in darkness, but we'll walk in light. Joshua was saying, don't outrun that light. Don't outrun that light. When we, when we hear things like go and take possession, sometimes I get the feeling that it's all up to me. Well, it's not. Right? He's going to be there with us, just like the Israelites had the presence of God with them, leading them through the Jordan and then into the promised land and everything that they needed. Right? He gave the enemy into their hands. He had The victory was already theirs. God was there with them. We're not alone either. Right? Jesus gives us all kinds of, um, of evidence of that. He tells his disciples before he goes to heaven, right? Jesus, the Son of God, who came, born of a virgin, died for us on the cross, was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, then goes to, to heaven. He told his disciples before he went. John 14, verses 15 through 17. He says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Right? If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, follow me. Do as I say. He's going to give him another helper, right? One like Jesus. And that was the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth who would abide with us forever, who will dwell with us and dwell in us. 
Again in Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power on high. The promise of the Father, right? The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he brings power, right? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, if we go back to the the last verse, abides in you. That same power is in you. That same power abides with you forever, is in you, and is with you forever. John 16, 13, right? These go over and over and over again. However, when he, the spirit of truth, there he is again, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. There's a lot in there. Get a hold of all of it, right? He's a, he's a guide. He doesn't guide us into places that, that are false. He guides us into the truth. He speaks, right? Anybody that tells you that God doesn't speak today is a liar. The Holy Spirit who dwells in you, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is inside of you, and he speaks. And he speaks not on his own authority, but he speaks what he hears. And he'll tell you of things to come. Right? Get a hold of that. John 14, 26, But the Helper, there it is again, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the promise of the Father, will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I've said to you. Right? Lean on that. Get a hold of that. Take that in. Right? He's a teacher. Not only is he going to teach you things, but he's going to remind you of them. Right? He's going to help you remember what you need to know. When LaDonna and I first met, we, we, we started talking on the phone, and we spent a lot of time on the phone. And um, so there might be some of you out here, we used to talk on our phones. You know, we would speak through one end, and another person would hear our voice on the other. Right? And they were hooked to a wall. Right? They were plugged into the wall. I didn't have a cell phone until way, way, way after we got married. They were hooked to a wall. And the, the, the device that you talk, talked into, it was hooked to that phone that was hooked to the wall. And it had a little slinky, right? And if you were really cool, you had a long cord. That way, when the other five people that are living with you, that are all sitting at the table near the phone, they, could, they didn't have to hear what you were talking about. But we spent a lot of time talking on the phone, and I would call Adon, and if she was at her house, um, there is better chances than not that her one of her sisters was going to pick up. And in the beginning, they all sounded the same. I never knew who I was going to get. And honestly, I never knew who it was. But as time went on, as time went on, her voice became more familiar to me. It was distinct. Distinct from her sisters, from her mom, from all the other voices. It was the voice that I was seeking to hear. So I hear the question a lot. How do I know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit? And I wish there was an easy answer. But how did I know that the girl that I was calling to talk to was going to be on the other end? How do I know it was her voice when there was a house full of them? I had to spend time with her, listening, spending time with her. 
getting to know that voice. I've learned quite a bit about getting to know somebody from her. If you've ever been around the Dawn, um, she asks a lot of questions. She'll ask questions and then she listens. She asks questions and she listens. And it's a huge lesson for me because when you ask somebody a question, you're inviting them to speak. When we ask God a question, we invite him to speak. I was recently asked by, by a young man, um, and it, was, it just took me back. And it was around how to, how to study the Bible and pray. Um, and it just took me all the way back to when uh, we, were, we were in church, we were, we were serving, and I would hear things like, you need, Nick, you need to get in the Word. You need to get the Word in you. You need to have a healthy prayer life. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right? What, what in the world does it mean to get into the Word and, and get the Word in me? I, had, I wasn't a big reader. It was just all foreign to me. So when, the, when he asked these questions of me, it just brought me back to that time. And, and I was given a tool, um, and it's simple, and I know it's elementary, but um, anybody know the term SOAP? Just a handful of you. Um, it's just an acronym. It's just a tool. It's just something to to help you. It stand. It's a right. It's not what I wash with, but it's an acronym that stands for Scripture, Observe, Apply, and Prayer. So, and it started off like like this. I would, and some of you might not know what this is either, but this is a notebook. Inside of that notebook is stuff called paper. <laughs> you can write in these things. Anyway, I would write the scripture down, write it in my handwriting, see what I observed. I would write down what I observed. What are the things that I observe in this scripture? And for me, not being a big reader and reading out of the Bible, and then back in those days, it was like New King James or King James. And King James... So even in the New King James, there's language in there, words in there that just don't come out in my daily vocabulary. So I would look stuff up, and i just look it up. You know, what's the meaning of that? Write it down. And then here's where the rubber meets the road. Apply. I would ask the Holy Spirit a question. How does this apply my life? Right? Because you might know and memorize Scripture. You might have heard them all your life. But if you can't apply it to your life, if the Word of God doesn't change your life, then, then what is it to you? So I would ask him, how does this apply? And I'd write it down. And it'd come to prayer, right? I didn't know how to pray. But I'd write a simple prayer down about what I observed and what the Holy Spirit told me applies to my life. And I'd write that down on my handwriting. There's something about writing the Word of God in your own handwriting. There's something about writing what He's told you in your own handwriting. I've gone back to these over and over again, and they just remind me. I was reminded of something this week going through this. I remember one of the first ones I wrote down was Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. I wrote it down, and I had to look some of those words up. 
I had to look up some of those because they're not, right? Grace imparted to the hearers. and I don't speak like that. So I wrote down what I observed, right? Looked those words up and I wrote something that went like this. Um, good stuff should come out of my mouth. And I have control over it. That's what the scripture says. How does it apply? And I remember distinctly because, you know, we were, we were going to church. We were serving in church. We were doing churchy things. And God says, stop cussing. Yeah. I still had a potty mouth. He says, stop cussing. Okay. So my prayer, Lord, help me stop cussing. Remind me to not swear. Right? Help me to control my mouth that only words that build others up would come out of it. Right? What was that doing? I was, I was taking possession of the promise. The, the Word says that the Holy Spirit will remind me. The Word says that He'll teach me. The Word says that He'll speak to me. I was letting Him speak. I was letting Him teach me. And now I'm saying, you're invited into every conversation that I have. My day-to-day life with friends, family, coworkers, every part of my life, right? My conversations help me. Help me in it. Remind me of it. I was letting him into my life. I was giving him permission. I was inviting him. That just led to more and more of me hearing his voice. I can remember hearing in church, you know, you need to be a spiritual leader. And I'd say, what in the world does that mean? So I would use this tool and I would go back and I would say, where can I find things that say, you know, leading spiritually? And that didn't help. Okay, how about my role as a husband? How about my role as a father? What does the word say about that? I remember coming to Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, cool. Um, which way should he go? Right? How do I train? Those were questions to, to the Holy Spirit. I remember hearing, you know, Jesus trained his disciples. That's kind of a new concept to me. I didn't really fully understand. I knew these guys hung out with him, but I didn't really see it as he trained them. So what does that mean for me? Go find out. Go read, Nick. What did he do? Okay. Where do I find that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go find what Jesus did. One of the some of the things I wrote down were he prayed and his disciples saw him praying because they wrote it down. He prayed in front of them. He taught them to pray. And on the inside of me, I'm like, I don't pray good, right? I'm not good at that. I don't have all the churchy words. Okay. Heavenly Father, help me with my prayer. Help me with praying in front of my boys. Help me to teach my sons. And honestly, one of the things that, that, that he showed me over the years is you being real in front of your family, in front of your wife, your spouse, in front of your coworkers, in front of your other family members is more training than you putting in some regimen or going through some book with them, being real in front of them. So they learn to pray right alongside me. Read in front of them, right? He read scripture in front of his disciples. I didn't read good, especially out loud. Are you kidding me? You want me to read in front of them? I'm a terrible reader, especially out loud. 
right? Lord, help me with my reading. And he showed up in my reading. He showed up in my prayers. And by no means have we been perfect parents. <laughs> I've screwed up more stuff than you can imagine. Um, but as his voice became familiar, because I was spending time asking questions, allowing him into my life, inviting him into to my day-to-day life, you know, he would speak to me throughout the day. And as an imperfect parent, an imperfect spouse, an imperfect coworker, I can remember hearing things like, go ask him for forgiveness. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? My boys, they're little. They won't understand. Get on your knees in front of their bed and apologize to them. Tell your wife about what's going on and apologize to her. Go to that co-worker and apologize to him. This whole following thing is, is getting out of hand, right? But as his voice became more and more familiar, it showed up in a whole lot of places. So when I say, don't outrun your light, what do I mean? Just mean don't get out from that light. Don't be out of that light. The, the light that Jesus brings is in us. He sent his Holy Spirit. It's there. Don't get out from it. You know, we have all kinds of voices all around us. Even as Christians, we're bombarded with even Christian stuff from social media. You can, you know, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and these are just a handful of them, right? Facebook, anybody with a keyboard or a camera or a phone posts all kinds of Christian stuff out there. We're bombarded bombarded with it. We also have our voice, right? Our background, our past, all the stuff from our past, our thoughts. You also have an enemy, Satan. He's known for twisting. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And he'll twist the word just a little bit. I can tell you over and over again, the number of times that I've been in a, in a, in a bad place, and this isn't even all that long ago, just found myself in a place I was struggling with a lot of things. There was a lot, just seemed to be one thing after another after another. And I heard something. I heard, and I'm not even going to repeat it, but I heard something. And, and it answered some of my questions. And it sounded right. Sounded good. And I ran with it. I ran with it, and I was kind of a mess. Just a lot of stinking thinking over that. You know, you ever watch the fail videos? You know, right? That's something else we're bombarded with, videos about people failing. Um, boys and I will watch some of the, the gym, um, you know, these gym fails. And there's so many of them, you know, the guys or ladies trying to hold some position, do some weird deal and or they're lifting really really heavy weights and they just boom, pass out it's it's kind of funny but they forget to breathe right they, they literally forget to breathe in the middle of doing something hard trying to accomplish some amazing tat they they forget to breathe sometimes in life when we're going through some of the hardest things you know, we, we come to something hard. We're trying to get over it. We're struggling with something. Sometimes we just forget those basic things like breathing.
breathing, like going back to the Word. You know, does that, Nick, did that really line up with what the Word of God says? The Word says He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Word says that there is nothing that can separate you from his love, right? Does, does what, is what you just got a hold of, is it really lighting up with the word? Or doing life together, calling up somebody, calling up a buddy, a friend, somebody that you know and that you can trust and go, can you help me walk through this? Does this really, is this really right? Instead of just taking this stuff, these thoughts, these words on a page or on a screen and running with it. We can also hear his voice, Right? We can hear his voice and still not be in the light. Um, I don't know if anybody identifies with this, but, you know, I've been out um, and you know, I'm busy, right? I've got stuff to do, right? And I want to get a bunch of things done and accomplished. And, and I'm at the store. I need to get this errand run. And, you know, God says, you know, ask that, ask that guy how he's doing or go talk to or... You know, I'm like, I don't want to do people today. You know, I guess I'm the only one that's ever, right? Jonah gets to, to a place and God says, go talk to those people in Nineveh. And he's like, I don't think so. Those are bad people. Gen 1 Israelites, and I'm talking about Jin one that come up to that to that border to the to the Jordan River. On the other side was the Promised Land, and God says, "Go and take possession." And they looked over, they saw what was there. I don't think so. And people are scary. Did you see the giants over there? Right? We can hear His voice and clearly hear it. Yet run. We can hear His voice and. Do it our own way. I remember LaDonna and I were on a, a a ride. We were on a motorcycle. She raised her hand and said she hates motorcycles. But at one point, we were on a ride, and we were going through some beautiful country up north. And you know, it was just a time, one of those times that I'm just thinking and spending time with God. And, and I hear something, and I see part of a vision. I got a picture, and it was awesome. I'm like, yeah. And I get home. And I took off with it. I mean, just like a rocket, time and effort and money. Right? Time goes on and nothing happens. It is a total bust. And I'm like, God, what? What's the deal? (laughs) And I feel like I heard, I didn't ask you to do any of that. Right? I had heard. And then I just took off under my own power, on strength, you know, just... Running with it. So we can hear his voice and still outrun our light. Proverbs 14, 12. It says this. It says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Sometimes we we can get to that point where we think it's right. We, we think we're doing God's will. We think we're, we're, we're following him. We, we think we've got it all together. But if we're not in his light, 
It says the way ends in death. His way, his promises are life. His light shines to an abundant life. To an abundant life. The opposite opposite of that is lack and death. I believe he wants us to walk in that. I believe he wants us to experience it. Not just once, right? Encounter, I believe every lady should go to encounter, women's encounter. And men, when we hold it, you need to get to men's encounter. Experience God. But I don't believe that it's just an experience that we have once or twice or just on occasion. I believe he wants us to walk in it, to live in it, to to be in it. Why don't you stand with me? When LaDonna and I met, um, and I began to get to know her, at some point, I wanted to ask her out. I wanted to ask her out, and I hesitated. I hesitated for a while, and I finally got the courage. And I knew that there was a chance, that there was a chance that she would go out with me, but there was also a chance that she wouldn't. I thought she felt the same way I did. I thought she liked me. I liked her. But there was a chance that she was going to reject me. There's an invitation that you can make that he won't reject. It would be the best invitation you ever make in your life, the best decision you make in your life, and that is an invitation to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. It's why we're here, to introduce each other to Jesus. Amen. With every eye closed and and every head bowed, if you're here today and you want to invite Jesus into your heart, you want to invite him to be your Lord, and Savior, to be your guide, to be your light for the rest of your life. Would you just slip up your hand? It'll just be you and I that that know. Thank you. Thank you. Such a sweet time. Will you all repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus, who died on the cross for me, who you raised from the dead. Jesus, I ask you, I invite you, be my Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I was talking to Jace a little bit ago, and it was just a confirmation. As I've been preparing for this, the word struggle just kept coming up. It kept coming up over and over again, and that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. 
It could be that you're you're struggling with a with a situation, with a decision that you need to make, struggling with with a relationship, struggling with somebody, whether it's in your family or our, or outside your family. It could be that you're struggling with that feeling of being alone. could be that you're struggling with something that you've been struggling with a long time that you just can't get over. If you're struggling with something, I want to invite you down, down to the front, whatever it is. And as you do, as you come down, the worship team is going to lead us in, in a last song. So as you come down, if that's if that spoke to you and, and you're, you've got struggles, come down. And they're going to lead us in a song. But just listen for his voice. Listen for him to speak. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.